0: Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world famous two-time chips and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all.
1: We're back. We're back after a long period of time. There's a lot of stuff going on. Game of Thrones. We had the Pac-12 tournament. I'm searching everything on my Twitter account trying to figure out what's going on in the world of Westeros. And I'm joined to just catch everybody up on everything that's happened in the last three months, which honestly wasn't a ton, is Mr. Rob Barron. What's going on, Rob?
0: <laughs> oh, I, uh, I enjoyed our vacation. Uh, it's good to be back. I am, uh, I've been watching some spring football. I am, I'm ready for for football season.
1: <laughs> I think one of the things when it comes to this break, which has happened basically every year, it's that uh, and it's it's always in earnest. We'll all say, "Oh, We're gonna, we're gonna cut a bunch of podcasts from the, from the NCAA tournament and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And then it always kind of falls flat because I am so sucked into the NCAA tournament. Rob, I watched every single game except one of the final four games of this entire tournament, basically. Like I watched it from beginning to end. I ate it all up. And one of the things that was interesting is as an Arizona fan, but also as a Pac 12 fan, there wasn't a ton of teams in the tournament. Obviously, Oregon went on a little run. We'll probably talk about that. Um, Washington won a game, which I thought That was good right a lot of people thought utah state was going to win that game and um and uh, obviously that that zone matters that the zone that mike hopkins runs and everything so that was it was nice to see us you know go basically two and (laughs) oh and then uh, and then fall off a little bit after that but i think a lot of people expected washington not to be as good but it's just such a it's a beautiful tournament it's so fun to watch every year and i actually like the fact that it was all chalk this year where you had kind of the best teams rise up to the lead eight and the sweet 16 i thought that was pretty fun what did you think
0: yeah, I mean, this was a blast. This tournament was a blast. It was definitely a tournament where uh, defense won out. I mean, uh, that for you know Virginia versus Texas Tech, uh, and even Michigan State to some extent. I mean, those are teams that play really solid defense, um, and that's been different than uh, you know tournaments of, of late too, where you know you know the, those those types of teams have run into trouble where they couldn't get a shot when they needed one. Um, and they, you know, they they really ran the table on this tournament. It was a, it was, it was a, it was as you said, it was a beautiful tournament. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so we
1: kind of jumped into recording this podcast just on, hey, let's do this. So I don't have the brackets up. We'll do that next week where we'll go through the brackets and kind of highlight like who did well and who didn't. And I'm sure I haven't looked at this, Rob, but I'm sure the Wildcat radio bracket was in first place. I mean just all of our sleazy picks.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're awesome like sleaze of destroying Tennessee. <laughs> didn't cost us any points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they almost lost twice. The, the idea was there, just the execution didn't quite didn't quite get there. You know, it's funny cuz the the bracket that I had that were actually paid money, um, you know, I've I've ranted and railed against Tony Bennett for like seven years, right? And if Virginia would have lost any of those games, I would have won about one hundred and eighty dollars in this bracket. And they kept winning by like two <laughs> points, it freaking drove me nuts. It was it was me and one other person because I had Texas Tech um, in the final four. I think I had like three of the four, maybe two of the four final fours, like seven of the eight elite eights. And I didn't quite go chalk. There was a lot of two seeds that that made it, and three seeds that went in. Um, And it all came down to whether or not, uh, whether or not Virginia would win. And they did. But some of those games are so fun. The Purdue and Virginia game. Uh, Let's talk about Washington first. And then let's go into Oregon. I really like the fact that they showed up, right? You had, uh, you had some good players, uh, Dickerson, Noel, um, obviously Thibel up at the front. And it was nice for the national audience to see that team play what every year has been like this Utah state team is going to be good this time. And like, they never, never are. And yet again, I think the Utah State and uh, Belmont are like zero and seventy in the tournament combined,
0: or something ridiculous. I believe like Belmont that. won this year. Oh, they did. Like That's right,
1: they did win. Yeah, they, they <laughs> finally
0: got a good job before you dump all over Rick Bird on his way into retirement. Ah,
1: the playing game doesn't count. That's not a real game. We, ASU fans would attest to that. So, <laughs> um, but no, it was good to see Washington kind of show up on the big stage, right? It was. I mean,
0: Washington, they were. Bad. I mean, we bad coming into the uh, the NCAA tournament. We watched them um, basically get run out of the gym in the Pac-12 tournament, um, and and they didn't finish strong even in conference play. So for them to show up and uh, they showed a lot of heart um, in that game, I was I was I was pleasantly surprised because I I thought um, just because they had played so listlessly down the stretch that that was going to continue, but it didn't.
1: No, it didn't, and I I just. I'm really proud of the conference, man. Congratulations uh, to everybody for actually um, showing up. Obviously, the story of the tournament was Oregon and the run that they made. Um, look, I bet on the spread with Oregon because it was eight and a half. They were an eight and a half dog against Oregon. I thought, okay, that's fine. And my bracket actually had Oregon going to the lead eight or the, the final four. I just thought they'd get hot and I didn't believe in Tony Bennett. And that side of the bracket was a little bit weak sauce. But even with that, I just was really I loved the way that they played. Uh, Ihab Amin, the Egyptian pharaoh, kept, kept bringing the noise. And <laughs> I, I thought he was such a fun X factor for that team. And it was really nice to see Oregon finally put it together, basically like they do every year under Dana All altman and I, this is definitely a team i know there's a lot of players that are going pro after this but this was definitely a team that was fun you have peyton pritchard out but i think i think altman's always going to get some talent in and he has shown an ability rob to get this team back on the same page basically year after year do you think um what do you think about the run in the tournament
0: i mean they got a little lucky in that irvine won and they got irvine in the next round right like they that helped <laughs> Hot pick though, hot pick for everybody. everybody on this. Use Irvine team, and they're going to take oh, yeah. out Wisconsin no, or Oregon. Irvine. But um, yeah, I mean, they got a little lucky. That, I mean, that happens. Um, uh, I I thought Oregon played well. I mean, I, I, you got to like that uh, what they have coming back, um, and uh, like you said, like Altman's always got plenty of talent coming in. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd say they're. It depends on how much faith you want to put in. Arizona, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, Arizona's top-ranked recruiting class Depends on how much faith you want to put in them and their attorneys put together, but it's Arizona and Oregon really at the top of the conference next year, I would think.
1: Yeah, I think either way, if Arizona gets all those players, the Sean Miller's still a Sean Miller Zilla coach and all that stuff? Uh, even in the best case scenario, Oregon's still going to be able to to put up some points against them and, and make it a game, and it's always fun. Like I want I want this conference to be good. I want to have multiple teams that are challenging for Sweet Sixteens and challenging for Elite Eights, and Oregon certainly has been one of those teams and was able to prove it in a year where I think. A lot of people gave up on this team after a while, so their ability to win the uh, the Pac-12 tournament, which uh, just the odds that Vegas gave them uh, kind of showed their trust in Altman as a coach in this team, really playing good de- defense at the end of the season. Let's let's shift to some of the coaches uh, and the coaching changes we have here. Obviously, you had Steve, uh, Steve Lavin, <laughs> Steve Alford, a lot of Steve's being fired from UCLA. Um, One of the things, Rob, that I want to do is particularly for the Pac-12 or the 12-pack radio portion of this podcast to be a little bit more positive about the conference. And um, I'll just be flat out honest. I wasn't a fan of the Mick Cronin hire, um, but I think that he does come with some strengths that he's shown at Cincinnati. I was curious to see what you thought when you caught the news that he was moving into Westwood.
0: I mean it was if you compare McCronin to some of the names that apparently UCLA took a shot at um he's pretty obviously your fifth or sixth choice right <laughs> like, if you made a if you made a run at John Calipari and then you made a run at Tony Bennett and you made a run um and Chris Beard, and, uh, you know, who else did they make a run? I mean, everybody except Coach K, it seemed like. Oh, Rick um, Barnes? We had a Rick Barnes oh, yeah, Rick sighting ba- for a I mean, while? Rick Barnes, like, <laughs> got a big race to stay in Knoxville instead of coming coach at UCLA. Um, I think, and I, I think Mick Cronin, um, he's a good coach. I mean, like, it's not to say that he's, like, some terrible coach or something like that. Like, he's not. Um, he's a very confident X's and O's coach. Um, he's got, he runs I mean, as the worst offense in America, was that what you were going to (laughs) say? Well, it it slowed. I mean, it's efficient for the number of possessions they have, but it's not great. And Cincinnati like can be like Virginia at times, especially in the tournament where, I mean, up until this year where, you know, Virginia just couldn't get a shot uh, when they really needed one. Cincinnati can definitely go through stretches where they just have no offense whatsoever. Um, and I think the, the – I mean, he hangs his hat on his defense. But he's a smart X's and O's coach. I mean, it's it's been panned. I don't – like the thing about Mick Cronin is like UCLA is not going to be worse than they were with Steve Alford, right? Or probably even as bad as they were with Steve Alford. Like, I,
1: yeah, that, I think that's Mick a really Cronin good is a,
0: I think Mick Cronin has a – he may not have a super high ceiling, but he's got a high floor. Um, and I think that's positive. But if as far as – <laughs> is ucla really a super fun team to watch uh no are you okay did something just fall <laughs> i just died i just died don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> he was Bryant was raptured i'm carrying on alone <laughs> um, yeah i just uh i don't know i mean i, I i'm a little disappointed in that um it's not, maybe not the style of basketball I wanted coming into, you know, one of the flagship schools of the conference.
1: No, I'm glad UCLA made the move. They had to, they were underperforming. This team. I was so down on on UCLA this year because of the reports I was hearing from Westwood, from some of the national people that were kind of tuned into the program and some of the beat writers where they were talking basically about UCLA not having any cohesion at all. There was a lot of egos. A lot of people thought they were going to the NBA draft that didn't end up going. And so you have this influx of quasi-talented players that came in with a lot of hype that didn't know how to play with each other. And then you also had uh, Steve Steve Alford. (laughs) So, like, I mean, just that whole combination, I just didn't, I wasn't as big of a fan of them coming into this year i think the the to to talk about the positives here um mick cronin at cincinnati has won more than 20 games in the last six seven last nine years which, which is good he's made the tournament the last nine years which is good um he's like you mentioned he's going to play defense really well this team is going to be a tough out in in westwood to like you go to westwood you're going to have to try to score points against this defense so that's good there's going to be an identity there i do think that his inability to win in the NCAA tournament and frankly if you talk to a lot of um, national writers that cover the tournament but also like kind of know the coaches and and i love all the the coach speak like trash talking articles where people get to yeah. anonymously just throw so spitballs
0: an and assistant just like dishes on <laughs>
1: yeah and every year it's like mick cronin can't coach offense mick cronin has the worst yeah. offensive system uh, not in the country i was kind of exaggerating on that front but it's this inability to get a flow and and if you have watched a team that can't uh that can't run an offense uh, efficiently and consistently, it does, it does get quite frustrating. And I do think that that is going to be a problem that Westwood, But I also understand, like, it is good to have an identity. And like you mentioned, the fact that UCLA didn't get a couple of these coaches, I thought them going after John Calipari and offering him less money to come to Westwood than he was making in Kentucky was ridiculous. But at least they took a shot. I actually, um, I know Gary Parish, like, threw a bunch of stones at UCLA for, uh, you know, like, at least, you know, you try it, you know, whatever. Got him a lifetime raise and all that stuff. But it was good that at least they tried to do a moonshot there. The thing that, that really does bother me with this is that I remember when Steve Lavin was fired at UCLA for making too many sweet 16s. Like he kept going to sweet 16 after sweet 16 after sweet 16 and they fired him. And now they hire a coach Rob that has made one sweet 16 in his entire coaching career, which spans almost 20 years.
0: Yeah. I would say this is not like, you, I mean, this is not a, a high ceiling hire. Um, there is some there it's possible that Cronin, um, becomes a better. I mean, I I would expect him to be a better recruiter with UCLA uh, behind him, um, and possibly Under Armour behind him. (laughs) But (laughs) but, I, I mean, he's somebody was saying um, somebody made the comment about um, you know Cincinnati being in the market for a transfer uh, or particular transfer now that. Cronin was gone, and they said, "Oh, you know, Cincinnati might actually be interested in recruiting shooters now. Um, this is not gonna, this is not going to be a super fun team to watch."
1: No, but again, they'll, they'll be competitive, which is good. I mean, they'll, and I think you nailed it on the head. They're going to be significantly more competitive than the way that they were under um, under Steve Alford. Although I, I will just, in in Alford's defense, that. That team with Lonzo Ball and Welsh and T.J. Leaf—that was one of the most fun teams that I've had the privilege to watch in the Pac-12. That was a fun freaking offense, and they didn't play defense for crap. But it didn't matter because Lonzo Ball's throwing freaking like Khalil Tate heaves across court to people. But he actually was connecting, and they were scoring, and that was really fun. I thought that was a well put together team, but just couldn't keep the magic going over the the course of the uh, over the course of the, the season, and just. Uh, i think they made it the sweet 16 which was a buy and they they had a tough out i forget who they played maybe it was cincinnati actually i gotta go back and look <laughs> it wasn't no it wouldn't have been that because Vic corona doesn't been to the sweet 16 in a while but <laughs>
0: uh yeah i mean like this is this this will be interesting i mean i what i think with uh what, what could help out you know and if if there's an example actually it's it's it may be sean miller a guy that was a defensive first coach at xavier um and, and came and you know ran his defensive system and eventually picked up recruiting out on the west coast the one um, thing
1: yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because they hate each other, and that will yeah. be really fun if Miller's still the coach at Arizona, and I think that he'll still be the coach at arizona um, that that rivalry you got to remember like Xavier Cincinnati is one of the Craziest, like most intense, like violent rivalries. This was the uh, when, like uh, Kenneth Freeze, I think it was the guy's name. He got like a chair shot over the head. This is like Mark Lyons, and I mean that yeah. that was Sean Miller and Mick Cronin. That will be really fun because I want to see those handshake lines because friggin Mick Cronin like almost try to fight PJ uh, JP McCrua, who was like the the Xavier player who was talking trash to him that also yeah. bothers me a little bit where he actually went out and like and, and basically was screaming and cussing at him and like running after him in the like after the handshake line you can't have that I, I really would like to see a much more calm and relaxed Mick Cronin uh, on the side of the <laughs> on the sideline but the problem is I think at this age you kind of are who you are and um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Bobby Hurley versus Mick Cronin to see how many technical fouls these coaches accumulate over the course of the season
0: yeah I, I you and I are I think are on the same page I mean I don't I don't really need to see a head coach just lighting up some like 18 19 year old kid over you know something small
1: yeah especially <laughs> so, especially when he's like four four foot six you know it, it makes right. it even just more comical I mean, I, I mean comical in a bad
0: way yeah so but i I will say that i, I am excited because Pactol basketball has been like since the uh, um, since the airs, some of the Arizona UCLA sort of rivalry games, sort of the t- he touched the ball, you know, type stuff, um, it's been a little blase in the conference, you know, and they could the conference could use uh, Mick Cronin and Sean Miller not liking each other and, and recruiting against each other.
1: Oh, yeah, and I think the rest of the conference is not going to like Mick Cronin, so it'll be <laughs> Mick Cronin versus everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: let's Which take, I think is the way Mick Cronin likes it. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: Um, let's move on to Cal. So Cal, for reasons that are still un, undefined, <laughs> decided to keep Viking Jones hysterical. for like a hot cup of coffee, and then uh, and then the players actually basically mutinied. <laughs> it was crazy,
0: right? Because normally, what happens is is the like I mean, so. of the time, it's like the school is ready to can, can the coach and the players hold some like players only meeting and say like, Hey, we're all going to transfer unless you keep the coach. And sometimes that can buy the coach another year. Um, this, this was the opposite. Like they, they decided to keep (laughs) Viking Jones who was basically being paid in like, I don't know, like BART tickets or something like that. Like he was just, he was, he was, he was getting paid in like cat food. And he the Cal is gonna keep him and the players hold a meeting and announce like, No, 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 we're all gonna transfer unless you fire him. (laughs) <laughs> Just amazing.
1: It was that, and I understand that the situation that Cal's in, the financial issues there are not great right now. It is it is a problem. But uh, you gotta spend some money to make some money. And the what they did with that hire was ridiculous. The fact that they kept him on. And we had we had Max Meyer on here that was talking about if Cal beat or when Cal beat Washington, he said I think that might have actually saved his job. And I was kind of laughing, I'm like, ha, ha ha, Max is like, No, that might have actually saved King Jones' job. And he was right. Like, I think that was right. actually <laughs> the the one stupid game uh, you know it's not like uh, you know winning the, the cheese it bowl or something where it's just oh at least you got a bowl or whatever no 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 like they beat one team once <laughs> that was on the downswing uh, in a ridiculous upset and and probably in front of like 10 people I'm glad they made the move. They really needed to. Um, one of the things that's been really frustrating with Pac-12 basketball, I think, has been the the biggest story has been the decline of the Northern California schools. You have two very good academic universities there. You have some history there with Mike Montgomery sharing his services over the course of both of those schools over his career. Um, obviously, the way that Stanford was for such a long period of time, the rivalries with Arizona and UCLA, and just being at the peak of—I mean, they were a number one seed in the tournament a couple of times, if I recall the 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 fall that they've had under Jared Haas, and then also the the fall that Cal's had under Jones and and company before that, uh, they really needed a kickstart. I'm not certain, Rob, that Mark Fox is uh, who's <laughs> yeah. the former Georgia coach is the guy, but I'm actually willing to to hear out uh, some good arguments for him. What did you think?
0: There are no good arguments for hiring Mark Fox other than like he promised to come and also get paid in Bart tickets. Like I do not mm-hmm. <laughs> understand any of this. Like if you're gonna <clears throat> if you're gonna fire your coach because he can't coach, you do not replace him with Mark Fox. Like I don't know who Mark Fox had to had to beg. Whether um, you know this was some sort of payback to somebody on a search committee. Like th- this hire makes no sense. Like Mark Fox was on the hot. Seat. I, mean, I don't know if you guys ever like. I went, I did, grow, I did grad school in the SEC. I used to, the SEC tournament was in Nashville. Every year, Mark Fox and Georgia, George, Mark Fox would come in on the hot seat for like five years in a row. He'd like cobble together some SEC tournament run, barely make the tournament, you know, or have some like hot shot recruit coming in the next year. Um, and he'd like barely save his job. And then. He'd be on the hot seat again. Like he was he was not a great coach at Georgia. He is not gonna change you know the culture at Cal. I don't know what recruiting ties he has on the West Coast. Like this is just this was such an out of left field hire. Um oh so disappointing. Like Cal, like what are you doing? Like <laughs> I mean, you're in you're in the heart of Silicon Valley-ish, you know, like you have, I'm assuming, some fairly well off alumni how even with the Pac-12 monetary struggles, how can this be what you did?
1: It it is a tough job. You don't have the exposure. There's not as much money, which they could fix, right? If they were being able to raise money from, uh, from alumni and alumnus and all that stuff um, or alumni and everything. With that said, uh, you have a really stringent academic requirement, which I think is true at Cal. Uh, and, yeah. and I think even more so now, that's part of the reason Sonny Dykes was complaining. Um, yeah. So it, it is a tougher job. You don't have the exposure and all that stuff. So I understand that the, t- the talent pool is a little bit smaller. And one of the things that I liked about Mark Fox when I was uh, kind of delving, I'm like, oh yeah, he didn't really get it at Nevada. That was like six years ago, right? <laughs> he was at Georgia for nine years, Rob. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, he was on
0: the hot seat for eight of those years <laughs>
1: like wasn't he in the sweet 16 in like a uh, 2014 i'm like nope no definitely not <laughs> uh so but with that said at nevada he's been
0: unemployed for a while like <laughs>
1: <laughs> well at nevada he was 25 and 7 27 6 29 and 5 and then won 20 games in back-to-back uh seasons at, at, at the end of his tenure going to the cbi so i mean He's not—he's not an idiot. Like it, it, is, it wasn't like when he was at Nevada, they were this powerhouse. So he—I mean, clearly there's stuff that he's he has done in the past that has had some success. But man, those Georgia years were, were pretty rough. He didn't finish out any anywhere above second in the in a really weak SEC, by the way.
0: Um, yeah, the SEC wasn't great back then. Like you basically had Kentucky most years. Vanderbilt was good some of those years. Arkansas every once in a while. Yeah, it's, uh. but anyway, Fox, terrible coach, Cal, <laughs> I just, like, I'm sorry, this, this, and I don't mean to dump all over Cal, but, like, it, the first day after they fired White King Jones, like, the rumor was, like, Cal was going to make a run at, J, you know, Jason Kidd, who's an alum, and then they hired Mark Fox, like, I understand that, like, Cal didn't come into this with, like, a big list of names, but this whole thing just felt, like, absurd, like. We're keeping that. We're firing the coach. We're keeping the coach. We're firing the coach. And then, you know, a couple of days later, they, you know, they pull the rabbit out of the hat. And it's it's Mark Fox, like a guy that hasn't coached on the West Coast in over a decade.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the one the the biggest plus out of this is obviously he's going to be better than Joaquin Jones. Um, he has shown an ability, okay, to, to, <laughs> he has shown ability to recruit in the past. Like at Georgia, he did get players to go to Georgia. Um, he didn't make the met, the best out of their, um, abilities while he was there, but at least there was the talent that he was able to, to yeah. work with. So I'm curious to see who, and Cal over the period of, um, gosh, like the, over the decade has been able to bring in decent players because of the, the, um, stature of the school and because how elite it is. I, I do think that is a draw for certain players. So be interesting. I'm, I'm hoping that he works out. I don't think he's going to, but, um, I am glad that Cal made the move this year rather than holding on one more year and then. <laughs> Basically going through the same song and dance. So, um, congrats to them on the new coach. I hope everything goes well.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This
1: show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. team rob was washington state which talk about tough jobs um basketball at washington state and it just shows you how talented tony bennett was to get them to a yeah, point right, oh, where yeah. they are like we're in the sweet 16 which is crazy town uh with washington state i hated those teams by the way because they ran that trash offense with bad players until um uh the the guy that's over at uh, golden state uh yeah clay uh thompson Hilton, yeah. yeah thompson yeah clay. not clay <laughs> uh until he showed up so that that was kind of frustrating uh, so they go out and they hire Kyle Smith, who, um, uh- Got major applause from the guys at Three Men Weave and a lot of the people that are kind of in really nitty-gritty in the details of college basketball. I hadn't heard of this guy outside of what he did at San Francisco this year. Um, he's won 20 games three years in a row in the uh, West Coast Conference, which is a bad conference. But Gonzaga and St. Mary's is there. So I guess um, you know
0: that's for yeah, – BYU. BYU plays their basketball in the West Coast Conference.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's what uh, – that's like six losses, you know, immediately every year in the conference. Right. He was at Columbia before then uh, going fifth, sixth, eighth, third, fifth and third. So I thought maybe he like tore it up at Columbia or something. But the track record here is a little bit thin, but a lot of the coaching minds seem to really like him.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, he he runs an analytics-driven offense and defense. Um, and the, Washington State's, you know, the type of team that, like, when they had Tony Bennett, like, you got to look for your edge when you can get it. Um, it will be interesting to see him when he can recruit. I mean, at San Francisco, he was not recruiting, you know, He's not he was not recruiting Pac-12 level players or even Mountain West level players. Um, It'll be interesting to see what he can get to. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, Washington State, I think both in football and in basketball is the toughest job in the conference. I I think it's a testament to if you can be successful in Washington State, like you've really got something going. Um, But particularly in basketball. So I you know, I, I think this is a good hire. I think they they went out and they they got you know one of the better up and coming coaches on the West Coast, um, somebody that can give them a different kind of identity. And you know, they're uh, you know, they, it can't again. Like it's it's going to be hard to do worse than Ernie Kent. I mean, that, that like I feel like we've said that three times about all of these these coaches that were fired. But um, the bar is the bar is exceptionally low. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a bummer of a hire with Kent. And I think one of the problems with the Pac-12 right now is that it's not Larry Scott's fault that these schools are hiring bad coaches. There have been a number of bad coaching decisions over the course of five years in college basketball. And one of the things that there was some leadership from the SEC a few years ago, and there's been a couple of stories written about this, where the SEC conference you know, had just basically said, we have piles of money, go out and actually hire people. And I guess that is some leadership on some sense, but like, how do you stop a a school from hiring Ernie Kent? I mean, you can't come in like David Stern and say, no, thou shalt not make this, make this transaction. Um, it's just been a weird, so hopefully this is a reset for kind of the bottom portion of the PAC 12. Um, although obviously UCLA has been a blue blood, but um it would be nice to see some more coaches particularly looking at you stanford <laughs> to kind of move <laughs> some some uh older talent out and bring in some fresh blood so i'm I'm curious to see what he, what he does at washington state that almost seems like a program where you need to have a gimmicky something in order to get people to pull them into play there because yeah. it just hasn't been yeah. a history
0: whether it's the air raid or you know pack line defense um you know for Tony bennett like i, I do think you gotta kind of you gotta have something to hang your hat on um you're right i mean i think one of the things that I, when I think of like the, the hiring in the PAC 12, both for football and for basketball, it's not just the, we, the, the headline tends to be the head coach and the salaries there. Um, and the PAC 12 is for the most part, not as competitive as you would like in that area. But, um, you can see these past year, like and a lot of the football hires, you know, so these guys weren't hurting for money before they came to the Pac-12. Chip Kelly's, you know, still getting paid off from getting fired from his NFL jobs. Um, Kevin Sumlin had a big payday, you know, coming from Texas A&M. I'm, I mean, I'm sure Herm Edwards made a bunch of money while he was doing ESPN. Uh, these guys came in on very friendly deals, but even more so look at the assistant salaries because that's where the Pac-12 is really hurting both in football and basketball they're not keeping or able to sign top assistants to, uh, on their staffs to really help out and that really hurts
1: yeah yeah I mean we've seen that when teams are hiring bad like look at Cal is <laughs> another example on the mm-hmm. uh, the offensive side with Bo Baldwin I really thought that was a really good hire but two years in a row you just go oh my gosh like you couldn't do anything with <laughs> with Sonny Dykes's players uh, on offense that's not a good sign so yeah we um, really would like to see some changes there but we are we're gonna get a basketball season or i'm sorry football season later it is still basketball season and that means that there is a scandal going on rob oh i just started getting a clue really yeah i'm totally getting a clue i think we better follow it okay let's follow your raging clue all right let's dive in let's dive in uh when we last left off this fbi investigation that we're gonna that we're gonna solve that we're gonna solve today rob <laughs> With very little evidence. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um, the, the, basically, we have a notice of subpoenas from, that, that was leaked to uh, Yahoo and a bunch of other people. And we're kind of waiting on the subpoenas to be delivered. And uh, Adam Zagoria had tweeted out that they were delivered and then kind of backed off of that and then said it again. It looks like they were finally delivered because we have seen some stories on ESPN and elsewhere that uh, the defense is going to try to – or not even try. The defense is – I'm sorry, the prosecution is trying to make sure that Will Wade and Sean Miller, who are the only two coaches that have been um, subpoenaed, they're going to try to get them off of the stand. And we will find out, Rob, on Friday. So this coming Friday, we'll actually learn to see whether or not they were successful in getting them off of the stand. So the subpoenas have been delivered by all accounts, and uh, we're kind of on the waiting game there. Any, any feedback on that to start?
0: I mean, I I think some of what has come out—the arguments that the prosecution and the defense have filed um, on on the prosecution's motion uh, to dismiss the subpoenas—is interesting, right? I mean, the prosecution is basically saying, "Hey, you know, judge, don't don't turn this into." don't turn this into a circus, which is, you know, basically what the defense is, is tried to do. They had the the quote that's, you know, they quoted one of the Yahoo stories. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, it, it's a big open secret. I mean, and if you listen to us talk about it, um, we have talked about it. Like, it's pretty obvious that the, the Yahoo source, um, is uh, Christian Dawkins' lawyer <laughs> 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 on all these stories, right? So, um, and, and actually, I think even for some of the ESPN stuff, like I, I think he was he, he he does occasionally link to ESPN too. Um, so anyway, he he had you know in one of the stories said that they were going to pull back the you know the curtain on wrongdoing in college basketball, and and that was actually quoted in one of the prosecution's filings and then the defense had this like awesome subtext like because they, they they file they they sub- filed a supplemental filing, I believe. And they basically called out, like, the prosecution's calling us out for this, but that was what the prosecution said they were doing when they had this entire, ca- when they announced this entire set of indictments, right? Like, wasn't, what what is this if not to pull back the curtain on college basketball wrongdoing? Um, <laughs> that,
1: that is fair. That, that's, that's a good funny, counter. Right? Like, yeah. I'd be mean, like, oh,
0: what are you, like, oh, you, we're not doing that? What are we doing here then? <laughs> so, I thought that was good. Um, but the, The defense presented a theory that I I think is interesting in that um, they basically said, like, look, like you're accusing us of of, uh, our clients of bribing these coaches. um, But we would like to also show, you know, relationships with coaches that you are not saying that we bribed. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Which is which is far more reasonable than I had thought. (laughs) When I read that, I was like that it seems like on the face of it, it sort of seems sort of flimsy. Right. But like you're, you're allowed to present like, well, why were not you bribing all these other coaches? Right. Like maybe, maybe that gets them through the door. I do think that it's, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a coin toss, whether the judge lets this in or not. I, I, we, we, we recorded an entire podcast on, on this in particular, we had on uh, the law dog who uh, at, Uh, who's an attorney and at one point in his career was also, you know, worked in a prosecutor's office um, on to help us with it. I'm, I'm not entirely sure which way the wind is blowing here, but um, if, if I I would also say this because they just, there was just another trove of documents that got leaked out to Yahoo. I don't think anything in this case stays under wraps.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you, so if you are Sean Miller or Will Wade or any other coach and you have conversations that you think are on tape with Christian Dawkins or anyone else that the FBI has, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any way, given the rate of leaks that are coming out on this, that any of this stays, stays under wraps.
1: I think that was the biggest, um, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, Look, like the law doc thought that these guys would probably take the stand, you know, more likely yeah. than not. But he he also was like, you know, I don't know, it just depends. But the the fact that this is in the realm of possibility is something that a lot of Arizona media people are not taking into consideration. So, I mean, I think it's important to to report on and just to talk about. But we'll find out on Friday, like you know, I, I think at least that's <laughs> you know, like we'll find out who's right. It's just
0: if if it like if it doesn't happen, if they don't testify. Like it just means you're on pins. Like if you're an Arizona fan and you're a Sean Miller fan, like it just means you're on pins and needles. Like a little more. Like it's it's a little more certain, I suppose you could say. Like um, because obviously having Miller or Wade testify is going to be a, would be a very 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 big deal. Um, but like I said, like I I don't know that anybody's going to be in the clear out of this. And I mean, and the other thing is the is the. Uh, it's the former Stormy Daniels lawyer. <laughs> oh my god, I totally I mean, forgot.
1: Like I this this is how fast like the media works now where I just totally we recorded on this and I was just dying the entire time reading this. <laughs> this is freaking crazy.
0: Right. I mean so like I mean that, that but what's interesting there is that he has I mean and, and the FBI and the prosecutors are not going to care that Michael Avenetti is a terrible person and he is a terrible <laughs> terrible 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 person. So I just want to get that out of the way because when whenever this this part always amuses me when we're talking about like criminal trials or behavior which doesn't happen often but lately in college basketball I guess it has and people were like running around with like you know like oh this witness in this criminal trial like We can't trust his testimony because he's a criminal. I'm like, oh, the cooperating witness in the criminal trial was a criminal. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, heavens to Murgatroyd! Like, of course they are. Like, the the people that the people that were associated with the criminals are criminals, right? Like, it's the way it always works. Uh Um, So, like, but the FBI is not going to care. Like, if his evidence holds up, if this AAU um, coach. and, and who acted as who claims to have acted as a go-between for Nike funneling payments to Cal Supreme players? If if his evidence holds up, the FBI is going to run with it, and and so are the prosecutors. And I I, I, mm-hmm. that like, the, and I, if you have already talked to the FBI, you know, like if let's say if you are DeAndre Ayton's parents or family member, and you've already talked to the FBI and you told them you didn't take money, and then it turns out that the FBI can substantiate that you did take some money here. Like you, you the chances of that person flipping and cooperating are pretty high. Like, cause the, just lying to the FBI is a crime.
1: And I think of all of the, of, <laughs> of all the AAU programs for, I know. to have a disgruntled employee outside <laughs> like of that or Oakland soldiers. Yeah. The Oakland soldiers would be the other one. Um, the Cal Supreme is really, really bad for the, for the PAC 12, not just for Arizona fans, not just for UCLA fans. Like, Go on the Cal Supreme website right now, and they list all of the people that have gone through that program. And Arizona has like eight players. USC has four. There's like three or four Gonzaga players. There's players from San Diego State. There's players from Cal. Like this was a feeder program to a lot of the major schools. And if you happen to believe that there were payments being made to AAU coaches by uh, shoe companies, which seems to be like, if you don't believe that that was happening, um, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> So if, if you believe that that was happening, uh, then then this is then just follow the money. Like follow where follow where these players went and and where the AAU coaches were. And this was an AAU team that had a lot of very high level players. Obviously DeAndre Ayton being one of them. For Arizona it was like Ayton, Solomon Hill was one of the players there. You had um, uh, even Devin Erdutrie who's on Arizona right now. Um, Benny Boatwright, I think was there. I have to go back and look. I, I wish. I totally forgot that this happened because I, I actually wrote down all of the players like there's on a word document somewhere, but the, the <laughs> list is long and it's, it's multiple schools, but, but if you're a Utah fan, Utah is not on that list. So, so there you go. I'm just throwing, there you go. I'm throwing that no, out. I here.
0: mean, if you look at that, I mean, what's telling is if you look at that list is most of those guys ended up in Nike schools and it was a, I mean, it was a Nike funded AAU program.
1: Oh, I wonder how that happened.
0: We oh, did I did we say the did we say the quiet part out loud? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I, I do think one of the things with DeAndre Aiden too, uh and when you're looking at Michael Avenatti, so he's he's throwing darts everywhere, right? He's he's basically trying to unload. It and Williamson,
0: he, you name it, he's yeah. throwing it out.
1: And and honestly, right the the thing with DeAndre Aiden and the theory is uh he was offered money to go to Kansas and turned down, and was it was slated to go to Kansas, and everybody thought he was going to Kansas, and at the very last minute decided to go to Arizona. So he, in theory, shunned, you know. However, like people were offering hundred thousand dollars to Brian Bowen, and DeAndre Ayton is a significantly better player than Brian Bowen. Um, so in theory, he turned down fifty to hundred thousand dollars, maybe more, maybe less. I don't know, but like a, a certain amount of money uh, to go to to Arizona. And I mean, that's 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 a fact. And um, and now you have Michael Avenatti, who, again, terrible person, but he's now his receipts that he's been tweeting out. Like, look, as if I if you just if, if we were in mock trial, like, Brian, quick, um, I forgot to yeah. to write all of the receipts down. Can you just pretend to write them and we'll just use them as fake evidence so we can walk? Like, that's what it looks like, you know, just <laughs> no, getting it's true, a six year old like,
0: kid and, and taking the, photos the, of it. The stuff that's like the bank statements and stuff like that's all traceable. Yes, Like like that part, like that, that, like I, I, and I think it's interesting that, um, the FBI showed up to interview Will Wade again in, in Baton Rouge, um, during his, his now over suspension, um, because the FBI doesn't have any new evidence on Will Wade from the ongoing cases that are at trial. They, the FBI showed up to interview Will Wade. I am guessing based on some evidence that Michael Avenatti had about Nike, um, because that it just doesn't make it it doesn't make any sense to come back to talk to Will Wade about something right now uh, at this point. Um, I mean, unless they're trying to clear something up, you know, worry and they're worried about his his test of you know his testimony, but. Um, I really think. I mean, I, I really think this this could blow open a lot because, like Zion Williamson's mentioned in there, there were conversations that were recorded um, as part of the Adidas trial about Zion Williamson for you know Kansas. What uh, you know, what Zion Williams, Williamson and his family were looking for, and it wasn't really so much money as it was uh, a job for his dad. I believe um, you're allowed to area. do
1: that, right? I mean, I mean that's I a mean, smart that, thing
0: to do. <laughs> That level, of, like you want to sell some cars,
1: <laughs> come over to Jim Click, man. We got your back.
0: <laughs> that level of specificity should tell you, like, I mean, like that kind of, it's those kind of things, those kind of asks, where you know, like, somebody just didn't make that up, right? Like, you're not like you're not going to go like pump some guy's resume around for you know, just like, oh yeah, he's not looking for money, he's looking for a job, right? Like, um, it's but it, I am I am a little, I mean, like I said. <clears throat> Avidade is a terrible person. I'm a little glad that he and, and a lot of college basketball fans should be and Adidas basketball fans should be that he had, like he ended up blowing this up a little bit. Right. Like I'm not I mean, I, I hope he. Go, I certainly hope he goes to jail for a very long time because he deserves it. Um, that said, like the stuff that he's put, some of the stuff he's putting out there is is linking you know payments to players that went to Nike schools that we had been saying, like it just doesn't make any sense that Kansas kept losing out on recruits to these Nike schools when Kansas is offering money or Louisville is offering money. Like you don't go to Duke for free if Louisville's offering you 125,000 dollars dollars
1: No, absolutely I totally 100 percent agree with you. And to give some background to this story, um, the head coach or one of the coaches at Cal Supreme, which is again an AAU feeder program, and I have the Lista, by the way, and <laughs> it's really yeah. good. Um, was I think he was making like seventy eight thousand dollars, and these this was a Nike sponsored AAU program. So God knows what else they were pumping over there. But he was disgruntled. Ended up going with. Um, Michael Avenatti and then another high, high, well-known lawyer. And the guy escapes me right now, but like also kind of in the celebrity political world. Oh, it's the guy that was uh, representing, uh, the, the football, the, the Colin Kaepernick. Like this is, it's it's, this story is just so crazy down. It's so Um, crazy. (laughs) So, um, so who, who isn't by the way, from, from anything I've heard of, um, a ginormous creep. Maybe, maybe he is, but I mean, like Michael Avenatti, the bar is so high with him, so he is—he is significantly less creepy than than Avenatti. So take that, yes. take that at face value. But okay, are you ready for this list here?
0: I'm ready. Okay, hit me.
1: Bowl, bowl. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, DeAnthony Melton, Aaron Holiday, Sharif o'neill Brandon Williams, Benny Boatwright, Trey Holder, Parker Jackson Cartwright, Marcus Lee, Caitlin Reinhart, Jahai Carson, Byron Wesley, Grant Jarrett, Jamal Franklin, Solomon Hill, Justin Cobbs, Devonair Dutrieve, Ethan Thompson, Justice Suing, and Zylan Cheatham and Aaron Holiday all went to Cal Supreme. Some of those players got paid. <laughs> like, some of those players yeah. got
0: paid. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, it, like, what's interesting, though, is that with, um, I, you kind of wonder because some of those names right there, like Cheatham. Cheatham started out at San Diego State, so he did end up at a, at a Nike program. J. E. Carson did not. Yeah. Was, was but when he was he at ASU and they were a Nike program? I don't know. Yeah, they made the switch roundabouts
1: then. Um, I think I think some I think something to mention too to what you're saying is that a player like Ethan Thompson at Oregon State, like. Oregon State just straight up paid his dad to coach there, so so Thompson's yeah. fine. There's players here that definitely didn't get paid, like Sharif O'Neill, I doubt that they're trying to buy off, you know, Shaq's son. Um, right. So, right. so they're definitely so he is, ends
0: up at so he ends up at a, not on a Nike school.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry I cut you off. I just wanted to to make sure to mention just because the names on this list doesn't mean they got paid, but with right. all the money that's going through and just the system that is kind of like unraveling in front of us, uh, that is that is a hell of a list.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I just I don't I, I am interested to see where this one goes. I mean, and I think I'm hopeful that college basketball fans in the NCAA um, or I mean, the FBI, the NCAA followed the threads here um, because there is enough there to, to probably get a full on Nike investigation going. Um, and everybody at Nike, if, if they if they said like, hey, we didn't pay any of these players like they're already in trouble. Like you are already in trouble. You have are if if any of these receipts pan out, you already lied to the FBI.
1: So so one thing that you mentioned, Rob, was Will Wade being investigated again by the FBI. Then taking another, Let, let's go let's go visit Mister Wade again. I, I love uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge. Just get out there and see what this guy has to say. Uh, and he, then he <laughs> just got rehired at LSU. Like what is going on?
0: So yeah, he. He apparently had been putting off the the, and he he had uh, I don't know if he had the questions, but I mean maybe LSU had given him a list of questions, and but he he sat down with uh, with LSU and the NCAA, I believe, and answered questions, and uh, I think there was enough plausible deniability in there because he. <laughs> <laughs> that has gotta be it, right? Because I mean,
1: like Hey, let me shut it's the str- door it's here. It's a strong, it's a strong you, ass dude.
0: offer. <laughs> like I mean Like I mean, I guess you could say like, oh, it's just a scholarship offer, but I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's uh I don't I mean if you're Will Wade, you you manage to hang on by the skin of your teeth, you you in essence like I guess you sort of have plausible den- deniability. I mean, I have to say, like if that had come out about Sean Miller, given everything else that has happened with Sean Miller, Sean Miller would probably be fired. Um, Will Wade, in that he's sort of he's had a lot of stink around him uh, in this investigation, but he, none of his assistants were charged. Um, you know, like he he hasn't. This is his first real trouble from it. Uh, so if you're Will Wade, like you you know you managed to construct enough of a paper defense to to where LSU can't fire you with cause
1: the fact that LSU and it kind of like if you're Arizona or if you're some of these other schools like the other thing is Auburn like Bruce Pearl just got a a contract extension like the only the only difference between Auburn and Arizona right now is the fact that Mark Schleybaugh wrote uh, like this piece about Arizona that I don't think is true Um, and I think a lot of people that are at Arizona don't think it's true it could be, you know, there could be smoke around it, but it just seems like there was enough holes where Sean Miller was able to come out publicly and make some statements, um, that I, I more or less didn't do this, is kind of What he was saying, yeah. um, that that's the only difference. And it is, if you're an Arizona fan, it is quite frustrating, right? Like all these other coaches are getting extensions and will Wade gets rehired at LSU. You're like, what the hell? Like why didn't you write a piece about those guys instead of Arizona at the very beginning when this started, um, we we and i i've been consistent about like the fact that I think I still think that keeping Miller at that time was was probably the best thing to do because we didn't know where this was going. Every, there's a lot of other people doing this. Let's kind of figure out what was going on. And then as as this shifted more and more, and it seemed like they were kind of shining the scope on like five coaches or six coaches or something. And then when you take in consideration, right, like yes, a lot of schools are doing this, but Book Richardson did did something a little bit above and beyond that, and that kind of is what singles Arizona and a couple of these other schools out. But then Auburn was doing the same damn thing, just freaking Auburn. An extension. I, I just I can't make. Uh, I still see the facts in front of me, but it's hard to make a case or try to comprehend how this is being processed. And I guess we'll get a real good look at it on Friday,
0: right? Yeah, we'll get a good sense on Friday. I mean, if if you are Sean Miller or Will Wade, good luck if you have to go testify in trial. Um, you know, that's that's not going to be good to put it mildly. But I do think the um, the the it's Arizona just and and a lot of these schools they're sitting at a point where you it they're basically looking for a, a reason to fire the coach with cause um if they don't get enough to fire somebody with cause like they they don't want to have to pay the buyout um LSU doesn't want to have to pay the buyout they also don't really want to have to go look for a new coach right now um, so that I think they'd rather sit until they, you know, have enough evidence to really, you know, like nail it down so that they can fire somebody with cause. Cause, um, it's just, there's, there's not a lot of percentage and there's a big, there's a big, you know, there's a big hole in your checking account if you have to fire him now and there's not enough to substantiate it. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. That's the one thing I didn't bring up was the fact that, yeah, like, you can save
1: yourself millions of dollars if you just kind of ride it for a bit with the NCAA saying, like, look, this is the kind of position we're in. That might make it a yeah. little bit more different.
0: But, like, people forget. Like, everybody's like, oh, Louisville didn't get – like, Louisville just got the notice of inv- – that they're being investigated. <laughs> like, Louisville fired Rick Pitino, like – a long time ago, like over a year ago. And they just got the notice that they're going, that the the NCAA is, is going to start the investigation. So, um, it is uh, that the wheels of justice of NCAA justice on this could could be quite slow, but I don't expect the NCAA just to uh, I don't know ignore evidence and, and let let programs slide. Like particularly if you're you know as publicly in trouble as, as Will Wade is, or maybe even you know Sean Miller is. Like you're going to get a level of extra scrutiny because. Um, You know, so much of it's already out.
1: Well, bring on, uh, bring on Nico Mannion and Josh Green, man. Right. uh, right Yeah. Um, One one thing to mention: it is for all uh, intents and purposes football season here at Wildcat Radio and Twelve Pack Radio. So um, we are going to start diving into these teams and the returning players and having guests on and all that stuff. Like, I am so so very excited to dive into this. When when we do, we go like headfirst and in in a very deep pool. Um, And so, just know that we're going to do a tremendous amount of research on these teams we did quite well when it came to gambling uh, with fake money um on the Pac 12 <laughs> last year. And Rob, I think your numbers were a really good guideline for kind of setting the parameters around, you know, basic strengths against basic strengths and kind of seeing where people are and how, how relative it is to all the other teams. Uh, but take that into consideration with the stuff that we already know, like, like the Red Baron himself, Steven Montez, and, uh, and, you know, the, who's, who's the Cal quarterback that was never seen again?
0: Um, oh, Ross Bowers. Ross Bowers. He's transferring out. Oh, really? Okay. Where's, did you yeah, say where he's going? Yeah we uh some fcs goal oh i know i mean like i just don't given your other options was ross powers that bad
1: i have a, i have a theory i have a theory but i won't i won't <laughs> say it on the <laughs> as we're recording I, I think i this smells of something that I, I probably could put my finger on um cool well any, anything else we should cover before we sign off here
0: no, I mean, we, as Brian said, like we are fully excited for football season. Um, I'm still doing the, the Friday football links, um, and linking around to stories. Uh, there were a lot of spring games, so I'll have a lot of spring game coverage linked to this Friday. Um, so if you're not following us at 12 pack radio, uh, on Twitter, uh, please do. And you can pick up those links on Friday. And um, I've also been doing a a ranking. I did a ranking of uh, quarterbacks coming back for 2019, a ranking of defensive coordinators. I'll be doing offensive coordinators this week.
1: Nice and hey, John Canzano just followed us on Twitter. Hey, John, (laughs) welcome. Good to to have you. You should come on the show. We're pretty excited about uh, about
0: the stuff you've been doing. We should get him to talk about Larry Scott.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. You know, like I think an angle that probably hasn't been done before is Larry Scott and the hiring of coaches um and in the impact that that has so which you just talked about so it'd be it'd be cool to to get somebody else on to uh maybe take a stab at it from there all right well we'll we'll bear with this we'll, we're going to bring on some extra special guests over the course of the the coming months we're excited about that uh maybe if things get really slow we'll talk game of thrones which uh that, that first episode